Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Yes, alright. Today we're going to be doing Scream, Ian's favorite movie. Not my favorite movie, but <laughs> one of my favorite my my favorite horror movie, one would it's, say. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's up there on his list. How he are you talks doing? about it all the time. If If any movie that I've heard him talk about, it is this movie. If any, as if, like... <laughs> <laughs> if there's any movie that you've talked about. I feel like we talk about movies length, a lot, Zachary. <laughs> at length. This is always the one you come back to. This is always your, like, holy grail of horror movies. Well, I'm a basic gay who exists very much on Twitter. Most <laughs> of us really love Scream. <laughs> it is it is a very, very good movie. Um, came out in 1996, written by Kevin Williamson and directed by... The late Wes Craven. Late and great. Another late and great that we are going to tip our hats to and raise a drink to is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died today, age 87. We, uh, she's a trailblazer, Supreme Court justice, and if there's any way to honor her memory, it is to go out and vote as an American citizen. And we drink to her. Right. We're not drinking right. alcohol because Zachary's on a diet. <laughs> you have to expose me like this. I do. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, we watched we watched Scream together earlier, and I was a little drunk, so it's fine. He, he was. He had a couple margaritas. <laughs> this is this is kind of how we're trying to go here. Is we're trying to uh, watch these movies together during the day, and then we record here at night. Overall, what do you think about Scream? <laughs> Tell people why you like it, just in one general wrap-up. Ugh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, I don't know. I like that it doesn't take itself seriously, but we still yeah. take it seriously. That's, like, mm -hmm. always the tone I'm, like, really looking forward to in, like, going into a horror movie or anything with, like, monsters is, like, I don't want it to take itself too seriously. But, I mean, also, to be fair, I do, like, Hereditary does take itself very seriously, and I love it. Uh, mm -hmm. But... It doesn't, for me, that's what makes this movie so much fun and the series yeah. so much fun is that um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's also very self-referential. There's lots of homages to other horror movies, but it never feels too silly. Like, it never yeah. feels too much. Like, yeah. there's never a moment. I mean, of course, you know, like three, they lose the plot a little bit, but it's still like, I don't know. I think it does a good job of border towing that line between like. You should still laugh and, like, really enjoy the dialogue, but you're still like, oh, I don't want this character to die. Yeah, 100%. I think this movie was just, a, it's so successful and it still holds up today because of the care put into it. I think people really thought about every little thread that was going into it. And, uh, you know, they thought ahead, you know, like 10 steps ahead. Yeah. So as not to get lost in their own plot. And it, it really is a trend-setting movie. That's why we remember it, because it set so many trends and so many of the horror movies, like, you know, all these horror movies being so meta nowadays, it all comes from screen, you know? So, and I mean, I don't think another movie ever, like, captured that meta-ness. Oh, it didn't, no. I, I don't even think the other ones 100% did, but as far as another series or, like, I don't know, you hear that in horror movies all the time where they kind of refer to themselves as being in a horror movie, you know? And it just doesn't work the same. Um and in Scream, it's just, they, they just do it so perfect. God, I, one of the, like, horror book I'm writing, one of the characters references, he doesn't want to be Drew Barrymore in Scream. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> should I take that out? 
<laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll read it we'll go through it we'll do a line reading we'll read it as if it's a scene and we'll see how it plays out uh, do you remember where you were when you watched this for the first time yes i was in my neighbors that lived across the street from me uh the older sister's bedroom we watched mm-hmm. it all together it was i think one or two of their cousins were with us and they were brother and sister um and we were all in her bedroom and we watched it on her tv because she had the bigger tv in her room yeah uh and I remember being like very scared. <laughs> there you go. Were you really scared? Did, did Ghostface actually scare you? I mean, I don't know that Ghostface scared me, but mm-hmm. the idea of there being someone with a mask in my house, because like yeah. I grew up in the suburbs. Not that I mean, their suburbs were very weird and rich, and like there's mm-hmm. not another house for a hundred feet. <laughs> they um, got space. Yeah, they have a hundred feet. Not even a hundred. Like, <laughs> you know, like acres. Um, but. And in the suburbs I grew up, the houses are very much next to each yeah. other. But still, it's like, you know, Casey alone in her house. I had that same cordless phone. So when it would ring, yeah. I'd be like, ooh, like, am I going to get killed? You know, and like, mm. there's often, I feel like growing up in the suburbs, it happens a lot when you're like alone. And when you're alone in the suburbs in a house, you feel very alone. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I lived in New York for 10 years. And even when you're alone, you still hear people walking around all over the place. Because you're in an apartment building or you hear, you know, your neighbors outside uh, and in the suburbs, it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm alone and I don't hear a single person. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, shit, I don't even remember the first time I watched it. I know that my parents took me to the theater to see it. And so I was, this came out in what, 96? I was born in 94. Don't tell me. We have to get over this, Ian. We have to get over this age discrepancy. We have... every time you're like, I wasn't born yet, teehee. And I'm but like, it's I'm it's a... it's a it's it's an an integral part of the story. So uh, <laughs> I, I was not old enough to be at this theater, but my parents took me anyway. Don't remember it. Don't remember watching it at that time. But um, I do remember as I got older that being one of the like cornerstone movies in my life, and always going back to want to watch that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I and so a, a fun thing that I do remember. So you pointed out when we were watching it today that this actually came out during Christmas. Which it's a sense. Christmas movie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always remembered coming back from some break. And this girl, when we were walking to class, walking like to and from class, I was in eighth grade. Um, her ruining Drew Barrymore's death for me and her saying oh. that Scream was okay, but like she was really pissed because Drew Barrymore dies in the first like five minutes hmm. and her telling her friend that and me being like, <gasps> yeah, no, that has to be like, that can't be like thinking she was like making that up, but she was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could never remember why it felt like I had just come back to school, but that makes sense that you mentioned that it's happened. It came out at Christmas because mm. I was on Christmas break and then came back yeah so it it, um because i was looking up because this and the craft were released in the same year so as we were and they both got nev camel and and skeet over is it ulrich or ulrich Uh, skeet it's skeet 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 um and (laughs) so those movies both came out in the same year and we looked it up and yeah the scream came out in november or december 20th uh 1996 so pissed off all the christians you know got this horror movie coming out at the lord's time 
Uh, and it is a Christmas movie, officially, everybody. It is a Christmas movie, along with Die Hard. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, this is a Christmas movie. Die Hard takes place at Christmas time, Zachary. Scre- I'm making it official. Zachary Michael Garcia is making it official. Scream you don't make Christmas the rules, movie. mister. I do. I do. <laughs> Christmas movie. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, we start immediately on the Scream titles. Uh, usually you have the first scene and then the titles come up. Scream titles immediately because we want to get into our story. The very first few frames are Casey Becker answering the phone and you hear the killer's voice immediately. There's no shot of her walking to the phone, nothing. And it was that actually surprised me because I didn't remember that. I didn't remember it being that immediate, but it's it's fast. This scene, like we pick, we go into the action immediately. Uh, yeah, Zach said to me, wow, I haven't watched this movie in a while, like over a year, and I don't remember that. And I was like, we watched this together over live stream during quarantine. Yes, and I had to remind Ian that sometimes when I drink a little, I'm not going to remember everything. So, um. What's alcohol? I've never what? touched it. I don't know. I'm just the two margaritas today. <laughs> don't uh, touch me. <laughs> we go into Casey's the Casey Becker scene, the infamous Drew Barrymore scene. And by the way, throughout this whole podcast, any podcast we do, there are going to be spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie yet, sucks for you. Click off of this video. Uh, Drew Barrymore. So aggressive. She, you know, she dies. How long do you? How long would you peg that scene as? Um, I think it's like. Is it fifteen or is fifteen? Th- yeah, I think I would say fifteen. Okay, yeah. So it's not. A, the longest scene, but it feels like the most poignant scene in the movie. There's always, you know, there's always a scene in every scary movie that is the uh, the figurehead scene. And th- that is this scene here. On all the posters, you see Drew Barrymore, you see her eyes, you see her face. She was marketed it, marketed it, <laughs> marketed as the, the star of this movie. Her name, was her name first on the poster too? I'm pretty sure, so. yeah. So, big shock that she was taken out in the first 15 minutes and what a scene it was terrifying absolutely but also terrifying. it's a credit to the movie that while it is the scene from the movie it doesn't the movie doesn't lag yeah. after the scene oh it doesn't like, it doesn't like you know yeah it, and, and we'll kind of touch on that a little bit as we go because really there are there are no dull min- moments in this in this story i feel like there's so many characters and there's so many you know plot points to follow that it really keeps the energy going throughout the entire movie we don't really well because lots of horror movies do the mistake of when they have so many characters they they'll give as much time to the boring characters and this scream does not do that like the principal when they give his red herring scene that is like a two minute scene maybe one minute right where he has a stupid scissors like they don't waste your time Mm -hmm. with characters that you know, you don't really care about, like, yeah. they, they're not, like, giving them too much time, even though they are showing them. Exactly. Right? Like, we're not following the principal to his house. Right. He's in his office. That's pretty much, you know, that's where he lives and dies. Yeah. So we've <laughs> got, uh, you know, we've got Casey Becker. She answers the phone. The killer has called her ghost face, the infamous ghost face voice. Um, and he's flirting yeah, with her. He's talking to her. He's, 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 sounds sexy. He's a smooth talker. I always, I always wondered, like, who was because it's got to be both of them in this scene, right? They've, I, I can't imagine that it would only be one of them there at that point. It's got to be both Billy and Steve. oh, both Stewie, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, who do you think would would be talking? I don't know. You kept you you kept mentioning that when we were watching it, and I kept being like, "Ooh, I wonder." This feels like this is Billy. Yeah. This feels like this is Stu. Mm. But I don't know if that was just like me. Yeah projecting what i thought or like if it yeah so matthew lillard is super um 
like he's got that you know frat boy surfer guy sort of lingo in this movie where he like if he laughs you know he's got his tongue out like ah. and there's like a point in the in the conversation with Casey um, where we kind of hear that and so I was like well that's Stu but then he's so smooth that it sounds like right. Billy um, and I feel like I feel like it's probably Billy on the phone for most of the movie. And we've got Stu doing the dirty work. Not for the entire movie, but for most of it. Um, and then I feel like mm, for maybe, because Billy's got the whole idea, right? We're not going to count any other movies right here. So we're not going into the Scream 3 plot or anything like that. We just have Scream 1 right now. And B Billy has got to get his buddy Stu on board with his plan. So he's like, well, you know, Casey dumped you for, for Steve. Um, if you do it with me, we can kill Casey first or something like that. And so maybe Stu gets yeah. to go and do that but um because billy is definitely the top and Stu is definitely oh 100 100 yeah <laughs> Stu asks if he can talk you know every once in a while and billy's <laughs> like yeah next time we'll do it next time i already finished <laughs> <laughs> i just have a stomachache today not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i i so i kept i kept wondering that and i know that i actually meant to before we recorded but i forgot YouTube recommended me the other day, like a video analyzing what killer is talking when in the first movie. Um, oh, did we? And I meant to watch that. I don't, but I don't even I remember cannot. sending you that. I've, I've seen no, a couple. YouTube, you, YouTube oh, recommended YouTube recommended. I was like, I've seen a couple movies like that. I don't remember any of them. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't watch it though. Um, but <laughs> so I want to tell everyone what you said to me when she's <laughs> on the phone with him. Zachary looks me dead in his elder dead in the eyes and says, is that something like people did back then? Did they like, just, like, talk to people on the phone? Because I, mean, I didn't even direct it at your age or anything. I'm just like, <laughs> did, I don't know. Everybody in this movie seems to talk to unknown callers for an extended period of time. Is that something that actually well, happened? Like, did you do that? If an unknown number called you, did you talk to the telemarketer for, you know, a good 30 minutes? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, but I feel like they think it's someone yeah. they know. Usually that's like the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to think, because like, she thinks it's someone from her high school, yeah. I think, is what like she thinks. Um, that's why she lies about having a boyfriend, because she's like, ooh, we're flirting. Yeah. Um, and she also thinks he's a smooth talker, Zachary, just like you do. <laughs> and I think, um, so I definitely think, yeah, they're both involved in this scene because I, I think the telltale sign on that one, is, there's a couple different ones. So when Steve's out tied up, he's looking back and forth. I think he's looking at uh, Stu and, and Billy on either side. Also, when they ask Casey the question of which door am I at, I think they were at both doors. So, you know, it didn't yes. matter. I think that, what yes, she was that I answer. think, yeah. Um, but I think Stu. I mean, yeah, they were knew, a killer anyway, didn't? Yeah. yeah. Stu knew her layout of her house. He dated her. He's been over there. He he knew the layout of her house. So she was just the perfect victim. Um, and he probably took out a lot of aggression on him. It, it, it's interesting to watch the movie and pick out the little nuances within the characters because Billy is a lot more controlled. He's a lot more methodical in, in his movements and the way he speaks and everything and and Stu is much more impulsive so he's just all the way around everywhere and i feel like a lot of the killer's movements in this movie are very chaotic um so that kind of lines up with Stu a little bit more yeah but yeah and like and the fact that which i do i like uh but that the killer is often not that good yeah. like he gets like tripped up or gets like punched mm -hmm. or gets knocked over yeah. um 
So that I feel like that's very stew. Yeah, I, well. I, I see that. I, it, it's just very Matthew Lillard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Casey gets a call from this guy. She's making her a little popcorn, um, old school style on the stove. And uh, <laughs> never worked. For me. I wanted to ask you while we were watching it if y'all had microwaves. But I didn't want to <laughs> I'm breaking up with you right now. So we just won't even go into it. She just decided to make popcorn on the stove. It's just easier for her. Um, it starts to burn as she's talking to this guy. It gets more menacing. You know, he's asking her all these questions. He's telling her he's looking at her. He tells her not to call the police. I she, think I think the moment when he says, I want to know who I'm looking at is like so Insanely good. creepy, isn't it? Insanely creepy. And she's got all of these windows in her house. They like doesn't seem like they have many many blinds or anything. It's just out in the open. She's just there. I don't know why she didn't call the police. Like there's so many opportunities for her to just dial nine one one really quick, you know. So um, I don't fucking know. But I mean, she's scared. She's right? scared. She's not, but call she, the police. Call the police. <laughs> uh, horror movies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so as as I said to you when we were watching it, like when she sees her yeah. parents, I. I would not have made it, but I would have immediately started just looking oh, for yeah, that car. Just you, like, that and I been... feel like every, I feel like the, so the reason like scenes are successful sometimes is because everybody is thinking the same thing at the same time and they're all pushing for the same thing at the same time. Like you want to just yell at her to just go run for the car, go straight for the car. When her parents walk up onto the porch, she's right there. Chuck the phone at, at them, you know, make a noise, something. And she's like. But I mean, understandably, she is like stabbed and she nearly choked to death. She's at this point. She, she's had a, she's had a rough been night. A rough night. Her little blonde bob wig is is little sh- little askew. <laughs> so she, we've all been there. <laughs> she's there. She's there. I don't think there's another call like scary call moment yeah. that rivals this until Scream Four with um, uh, Hayden Panettiere's character. Um, Even. St- God, what the hell's her name? Kirby. Kirby, right. God. Oh, goodness. Like, I think those are, like, the two best, like, scenes of, like, the killer taunting them over Mm -hmm. the phone. Because, right, most of the other times, like, I feel like, even in this movie, which is fine, like, once we get that, any other time they call, there's not really, like, a, you're just waiting for the chase scene, almost. But this is, like, a buildup of, like, oh, shit. And with Kirby's scene, it is like that, too, because they're going to kill her, like, friend. So it's like there's a buildup almost of like you don't want her to die, but you also don't want her to watch her friend die. And that's kind of like the only time I think they remotely recapture this. Arguably, I, I would agree with you. Arguably, okay. um, I, I think this one just is that is that paralyzing has you stuck in your tracks scene and you can't just re can't recreate that. Like with, with Kirby, I didn't really feel like I didn't understand why. She would be stuck in her. Drew. I'm I don't mad know. at you. I don't know. We're gonna. I don't want to talk too much about Scream Four um, right now, but really with Drew Barrymore, like you feel like there are eyes all around her, and she's just like stuck in fear in in place, and she she tries to yeah. run, but like she's fucking scared, you know. Um, at this point, we don't know there's two killers. There's one person, um, so we think, and it's just a horrible way to die, and it's 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 so soul crushing when her mom picks up the phone to call the police and can hear her daughter on the other end of the phone Uh, like if that were done today with a cell phone you can't really do that you can't capture that Um, 
because right, yeah. obviously, it, it, like, yeah, work. obviously the other phone has to be somewhere on the property. It has to be somewhere around the house. So they know she's around. They go out looking for her and they find her hung up, strung up, you know, on that tree. And it, it is a gruesome, gruesome death. Uh, and she's like, it just feels like yeah. they do such a good job of like, she is so yeah. close. She so close really to surviving. Was. She really was. And I wonder, I, I just, because I, I don't remember the first time I watched it. So I, I wish I could have watched it for the first time with like a bunch of other people that I could have talked to about it. Like when, when y'all watched it, did you think there was a chance of Drew Barrymore getting out of that situation or did y'all think she was dead? Or wait, no, I mean, yeah, they already she... told you that Drew Barrymore died. But... Yeah, like the, the that kid yeah. in the hallway like talked about loudly, so I knew, I just knew that mm-hmm. she was going to die. I remember thinking, like, maybe they're lying, but then going into that yeah. scene, it's like, Because well, it's pretty, yep, it, it, it seems die. pretty definite, but then you, I, you must have been thinking in the theater, sitting there, this is their main star, they're not about to kill her, kill her. So, that, good comment for the questions. What did y'all think when you first watched this movie? Did you think Drew Barrymore was dead, dead? <laughs> that's true because like Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox were like on yeah. the rise stars at the time, but not like not like Drew Barrymore. Drew like Barrymore big. came from like yeah. she came from a famous family. She was really big child star, really big star into her adults, adult years. Final thoughts on the Casey. Becker. So I love it. Final thoughts are I love it, but also I don't ever not think, even though I hate yeah. the scary movie movies, I don't ever not think of Carmen Electra in her like yeah. bra and like panties being like looking at the signs that say like death and to death. live and death. <laughs> then we immediately go into our actual heroine our actual final girl of the movie sydney prescott she's at her computer this is the only moment of peace that she gets for the series this is the only time we see her she's got not a care in the world um she's playing the sims whatever she's playing on the, on the computer and uh billy comes through her window i don't know i don't think billy's all that cute though i never thought all these boys were cute these 90s boys Listen, respect your elders. <laughs> They're very like '90s, like mm. babes of the time. <laughs> and you actually pointed out exactly why I have a crush on Stu. Those like dummy stoner surfer boys who like are like, oh, I don't care about anything. Was that, that was like a hundred percent like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the Texas version of that. So I guess that's just why I don't like. <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> the, we've got this little moment between Sydney and, and Billy. Her dad comes in all creepy, checking on her, telling her he's leaving at the middle of the night. She's like, okay, whatever, Dad. Um, they get a little frisky, and Sydney's like, no, I'm not going to have sex. We're not going to do that. But here, let me flash you my tits for a second. All right, she I forgot she does do that. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they leave. And then the next day, reporters have descended onto the high school, like that front lawn of the high school is absolute chaos, pandemonium. Everybody's here about that murder. Uh, Tatum, Rose McGowan, the lovely Rose McGowan, Tatum, uh, informs Sydney on what's going on. And it's just, you know, deja vu all over again for Sydney Prescott because we learned that Sydney Prescott's mother was raped and murdered not a year before. It's like the year anniversary, I think. So it's pretty traumatizing to her. And now Casey Becker's dead. So also I wanted to point out that so then they're all sitting yeah. at that fountain and Sydney literally asked the killers, how do you gut someone? Like she asked the killers yeah, that. Like I think she, I think she was saying it more in a way of like like how can somebody do that? And you, the entire time we see like Billy and Stu exchanging looks. Like when you watch it after watching it so many times or even after just maybe 
a time or two. It's so obvious. Like, they, the filmmakers put Billy and Stu at the forefront of everybody's minds constantly as the killers. Uh, it's just so genius because it's, it's just there, and nobody's going to suspect something that is in plain sight, you know? So, I... <laughs> Also, I think it's important for us to point out who you had a crush on in the movie. Which one was it? Dewey. Oh, I do have a crush on Dewey. I still have a crush on young Dewey. Come on. Mm, I do. <laughs> and <then> that's... <laughs> He's like the only guy in the movie I don't have a crush on. I do. On. He's cute. And you, but you said David Arquette, which is Dewey. It is the same person. I... I no, but they, I, I had a crush on David Arquette because he, yeah. he's a babe, but... Dewey is such, like, a dope that for me, I'm like... And Dewey's the dope who, like, makes the looks like he thinks he's something sometimes. Dewey is very... You get what you see. I'll like take I feel it. I'll like. take it. Scream 5. <laughs> I, I mean, I also had a crush on low-rent Seth Green, a.k.a. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy. But I think that's literally only because he was very close to looking like mm, Seth Green. I think Jamie Kennedy's better looking than Seth Green is. Yeah. <gasps> Uh, I'm, I guess I'm never allowed on Slayer Fest '98 again. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So we've got all these all these teenagers in the uh, sitting around the fountain. This is this is our big teenage moment. We're gonna get to know all these teenagers. And we've got uh, Billy, Sydney, Stu, Stu's girlfriend Tatum, and, and we've got um, Randy, Jamie Kennedy, and I don't know. They're just making jokes back and forth on like somebody getting murdered the night before. <laughs> Like somebody that they all knew, but I remember, I remember a girl went missing in my town, the town I graduated from, and I don't think anybody was making jokes about her possible murder. And <laughs> they're just sitting around joking. But this isn't a possible murder. This is like an yeah. actual. And murder. even Randy, who had nothing to do with this, like, did they put their liver, her liver in the mailbox? I heard they put her liver in the mailbox. I'm like, holy shit, man! Y'all are not good people. I. I, I could see could you, uh, it's awful, awful. Yeah. I was actually thinking the terribleness of the way the school handles everything is also yeah. really realistic. Like when there's like the teens running in the hallway and you know that they're like doing it as yeah. a joke. It's not like the killers in the scream mass. I was like, mm, I could see that happening in my high school. <laughs> Sydney pulls up to her house in a yellow school bus and then the camera turns and we see her house. <laughs> Why is she Riding the fucking bus when she lives in this massive house. Great views, stunning views. She's got multiple decks. Um, she's got, I think, three different patio sets on her yes. fucking deck. Okay, usually we go and buy a patio set, a single patio set, and that's like, this is really nice. We're all happy with this. They've got fucking three. And two of them live in that house. Only two people live in that <laughs> house. Only two people. They used to be three, and we're not going to be able to, okay. But even with three, there's that, that, yeah. that filled up that patio set. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, massive house. By this point, her dad's gone on his business trip, or so we think. And uh, Sydney is supposed to go spend the night at Tatum's house. She kind of just moses around the house, takes a nap. Pretty, pretty normal. I took a nap every day after school. And then she wakes up and gets a call from Ghostface. And I think here, I think so. I think everybody, Stu and Billy, each handled their own girlfriend. So Stu handled Casey and Billy was handling uh, Sydney to make sure that everything went right. Because we had meaning and had a little bit of a talk earlier about, did they mean to kill her here? Because it kind of seemed like they were going for the kill. But then also, you know, maybe they were just trying to scare the shit out of her. Right, because also I was thinking about that yeah. when I was like writing notes for like the her losing her virginity because it almost feels like they did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, lose her virginity, then we kill her. 
because yeah. they were like quote unquote following the rules, you know. I mean, and it could have been, but it also could have been that maybe they did intend to kill her there, and True. that was supposed to be the end of their reign of terror. You know, we we never know. Um, but she, you know, this whole little scuffle between the two is so great because it just seems so realistic. They're all moving. It's very chaotic. You know, it's not a nice choreographed scene. Like, you know, they're struggling. They're slipping. Uh, I like I like Ghostface as a villain because he slips all the fucking time. He does. Every movie, he's slipping everywhere, tripping over shit, and it's like... Probably how it would really be, but... Uh, yeah, and, and, like, I mean, I know it's ridiculous to say, like, oh, it makes it realistic, but it does make it, because then it's like, oh, this is clearly yeah. a person. This isn't, like, a mm-hmm. monster or, like, a zombie or whatever. This is, like, a person who's, like, also yeah. fallen down, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and then... And then <laughs> they call, she, like, I feel like everybody says this. Anytime I've ever heard anybody talk about this part where she locks herself in a room and goes to type 911, everybody's like, what was that? I don't under- remember that being a thing. And then today when me and Ian were watching it, he's like, I don't remember that being a thing. I don't think that's I grew thing. up then and I have I remember being like, <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Never typed 911 <laughs> uh, into a, a Microsoft Word document. <laughs> <laughs> but over the top, it does say uh, for, for the deaf. So I guess she's got a deaf, you know, little... 911 caller on her computer. I, I don't guess. know. She, you know, killer goes away and then Billy comes through the window. And so we're obviously thinking that, hey, it might be Billy. He even has the black fucking shoes. That's, I thought that was, uh, did you notice that? Yeah. When they kept showing his feet? Yeah, he had the black shoes. Because then, but then the sheriff, that's like one of the red herrings of the sheriff also has the same ones. Mm-hmm. I think they, yeah, it's definitely intentional that they're putting everybody in those. Um, and we're supposed to think that it's, it's, it's him because the phone drops and, you know, uh, she kind of backs away from him and Billy gets arrested and everybody gets taken down in the sheriff's office. So more importantly, yes, we get Gail's like big entrance. <laughs> and she, we didn't even mention that she came in earlier when everybody's reporting at the high school. We've got Gail in the most fabulous green Versace suit. Ugh. So good. <laughs> so, so like, I mean, shameless promotion, but I interviewed the costume designer yeah. On Slayer Fest, because she was the same costume designer on Buffy at the time. Uh, she did Scream and Buffy's season two through six, which are, like, quite the achievement. I feel like that's quite the resume, those two, yeah. like, really big 90s things. Um, yeah. And she talked about that dress and said it was, like, so expensive, and she had to, like, push it through. Like, they didn't want her to have something so expensive because of the budget. Um, But, like... I didn't realize when I watched it this time, I was looking at it because the costume designer told us like, oh, it has the snaps in the back. The blazer mm-hmm. actually like snaps in the back, like all the buttons go up her spine. But love a neon green, love it on Gail Weathers. <laughs> comes the up. Budget to always her. goes. Budget always goes to a green dress, don't it? Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> Gail Weathers. Everybody's got a green dress. Perfect. <laughs> I really like. The start of that is like Tatum just being like, we're getting out of here, Dewey. And he's like, you have to talk to me like I'm a man of the law. And her and him have like a little hand slap fight when she's yeah. like pulling Sid out and she's like opening the door. Tatum is very, Tatum doesn't have time for Dewey's shit. She's getting out mm-hmm. of there. And Gail Weathers, being the seasoned journalist that she is, you see her <laughs> saying immediately to uh, Kenny, she's like, it's her back entrance. And they're coming around the back entrance as soon as Sydney and Tatum are going out. They have an encounter. It is such a good encounter. I oh, yeah. I love everything about it when she's like, Sydney, you, you see Sydney, Nev Campbell's acting in that scene is really good because it's like, she's like stressed and scared, but then she like fucking hates Gail and you see yeah. it. Like, 
her face changes and she's just like, oh, yeah, how's your book going? Yeah, yeah that's great. And then fucking punches her. She she's punches like, her. She says, I'll send you send a copy. You a copy. <laughs> Boom. Bam. <laughs> bitch taken down. Boom. Bam. Sid. Super bitch. <laughs> I was just about to quotate him, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for stepping on your line. It's, no, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Uh, and it's, it's, we learn a little bit later. A little bit after this, I believe, that um, Sydney and Gail have this history because yeah. Gail was a champion for Cotton Weary's innocence. And Cotton Weary was the man who was convicted of killing Sid- Sydney's mother, which Sydney's not entirely convinced of herself, within herself. She's not entirely convinced that he did it, but kind of to like close that chapter for herself so that she can kind of com- compartmentalize it and move on, she, she has to believe it. So she makes herself believe that Cotton Weary is. The guy um, and Gail Weathers is writing a book about it, so that's how that's how that TV journalism goes, ain't it? Everybody which I did it. point out to you when we were watching, which I do mm-hmm. like yeah. the fact that like Gail Weathers. I mean, we've talked about this, but like Gail Weathers is kind of the character you shouldn't be rooting for. Like yeah. Sydney's clearly the one you would be, but Gail Weathers is right. Yeah, like Sydney's I mean, wrong. Yeah, and Gail Weathers is the one. I mean, she is the journalist, so she takes the time to really investigate it and be like, no. You know, it's not cotton weary, and I'm sure of it. Sydney's not sure of it. Gail is fucking sure of it. I love yeah. all of the characters in this because it's so easy for them to just fall into stereotypes, but none of them do. Like they're all so nuanced and so that you know, multi-dimensional. Neither yeah. none of them are just you know one D characters. Um, because yeah, and definitely in a different horror movie, Gail Gail's yeah. confidence would be like unearned, and she would not be a great journalist, and she would be wrong about cotton weary, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The thing would be like, oh, look, she was wrong. And also she's a character that would probably die. Like, I love that Gail knows her shit and we learn that she does. Like, we're not yeah. trusting of her at first, but I mean, now we are. But, you know, watching it, if it's yeah. your first time, you wouldn't be trust that trusting of a character like that. Mm-hmm. You would be more inclined to believe Sydney because she's like the quote unquote nice one and like, you know, the like yeah. softer one. And, and and Courtney Cox just does such an amazing job with uh pushing forth that that authority and that um like gail's sure of herself gail doesn't do anything without being completely sure of what she's doing what she's believing and courtney cox does a great job of of conveying that we love gail weathers in this house we do we (laughs) do the gays love the final forgets love gail weathers put it on a sticker slap it on your bumper And then the next day, Billy's released from jail because of this, I'm assuming this phone call or maybe, right. I don't know. Yeah. He just gets yeah. released and we get our Tori Spelly moment. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> you cannot think of this scene without thinking of fucking Tori Spelly. So there you go. She even says it in this. If there was a movie about me, I'd probably be played by Tori Spelly. <laughs> it is such a wild payoff and such like a scene that didn't need a payoff but gets a payoff in the sequel. Like, yeah. so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, we have this little dramatic moment between boyfriend and girlfriend, but it's like kind of fucked up that he's comparing, you know, his mother running away to her mother being butchered. Murdered. Yeah. yeah but he's There's totally like, like difference. from what we know at the end, he's totally fucking with her now. Like, he's right. got to be fucking with her. And then in the bathroom, you hear more people talking about Sydney's horror mother because that's all anybody ever talks about in these movies <laughs> going into the third movie sydney's whore mother <laughs> thousand years of sydney's whore mother like, you know, i, I want to see the fucking 10 year 20 year high school reunion i want to see going back to that town is st- are people still talking about sydney's whore mother is that all <laughs> they have to talk about sydney ain't going to that shit She's, fuck those people no, like, oh, give me a break <laughs> 
But like, so also I need to point out Tatum yeah. is wearing a horrendous outfit that I love that works in for this her. scene. Could only she, work where for she, her. she has these like stupid pigtails. It's like baby doll tee with like a sports decal on it and fucking bright red pants. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, no. I, I, I honestly I forget what she wears because my the entire time I think of her in this movie, if I recall any scene that she's in, she's always wearing that final, you know, green green shirt and little uh, uh, multicolored skirt. I don't know the gay the gay's talking thing. about the fashion of the, of the movie. It's yellow. <laughs> is the skirt yellow or no? Her top is like yellow. Is it yellow? yellow oh, I thought it was green. Because mm. I always think it looks bad with her complexion. I just found out I'm colorblind. <laughs> Maybe am I wrong? I don't know. You could change. You uh, could change my you're mind. You're probably right. You're probably right. But ooh, what would you say, Zachary? Say that again. The cheerleaders in the bathroom talking about Sydney's <laughs> horde mother then leave, and Sydney gets attacked. She runs down the stairs, doesn't tell anybody she got attacked, and this movie moves on. Well, no, but one would think. I actually did read yeah. uh, that in the director's cut. There's a scene of her going to the principal's office, and that's why he cancels. Is school. there a director's cut? Apparently, it was released on Laserdisc. And I haven't seen yes. this. I, I have the whole screen box set, and they don't there's have like a fucking only, director's cut in there. There's only like a few differences, and that's one of them. So in the middle, like you know, there's not much like we've said in this movie that really drags down the plot. Everything moves pretty fast, and but the only soft part they maybe have is in the middle when they're setting up everybody's kind of red herring moments. We have uh, Randy in the in the video store getting kind of you know picked on by Billy and Stu. We have uh, Sydney's dad. They've now traced the cell phone back to him. Um, just a bunch of setup, and like because of the murders, because of the attacks, school's been canceled. There's a curfew. Teenagers are not going to listen to that. So Stu decides to throw a party after the uh, after the principal has been murdered. By the way, in his office. Oh yeah, he yeah. gets murdered. He sees West Craven in that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a rest- oh, West Craven. Uh, in the Freddy Krueger oh, sweater. Oh, that's so sad. It makes me so sad he's not going to be part of this next one. Um, But yeah, so Stu throws a party at his big farmhouse, and then we go into scene 118. Uh, In all the, like, behind-the-scenes production stuff I've seen, everybody talk about scene 118, and they all had shirts printed that said, I survived scene 118, because this really is, at this one location, how long are they? How long are they there? I think it's like 45 minutes. It's a long fucking, it's a long party. Which is weird, because I don't think of... I don't know. I, it doesn't drag it doesn't in that scene. Like that. It doesn't feel so long, yeah. but it's like such a big part of the movie. And it's the only setting that they're in for that long in the movie. And there's so many things that are happening at this party that could have been done like at different locations and stuff like that. And been like on different days, different hours, yeah. you know, all that. But it just fits so well in the way yeah. that they've set it up here at this farmhouse, up in these different rooms. Everybody's got their own little scene here and there around everywhere. Uh, every All of our principal cast is at, at this, you know, if they haven't died by now, or at this party, even fucking Dewey and Gale. Dewey brings Gale to this party, which is dick move, knowing his whole, or her whole history with Sidney Prescott. Come on, Dewey. Also, it's funny that, like, Dewey, they explicitly say he's 25, yeah. and Gale is literally supposed to also be an adult. And I'm like, mm, they all look the same age. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but Dale, yeah, Gail's the hotshot reporter here. She's doing some uh, setting up some found footage horror movie shit here, hiding cameras everywhere. And she's got she uh, is. what's the camera guy's name? Kenny. Mm, Kenny. 
Just, Jenny, I'm sorry, but get Kenny. the fuck off my windshield. Justice for Kenny. Yeah, so everybody, we've just got a bunch of teenagers at a house party. Um, it feels like a house party, too. It's not like one of those raves where there's they're blasting music right. and everybody's it's dancing. Like no, everybody's just drinking and hanging out. And Randy pulls out a bunch of DVDs. They're all Jamie Lee Curtis DVDs. You know, sorry, not DVDs. They're videos. VHSs. We get all these horror movie references from here on out. We've got a bunch of Halloween references. Um... Sydney and Billy. I mean, not even references. You're we're oh, watching yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We're watching these movies, but I mean, like, there's so many names dropped too. And yeah, does Tatum is she killed before or? Yes. Yeah, okay, so we're we're going into Tatum's. She's death killed scene. pretty immediately. Yeah. So she goes out to get beer in the garage. The garage is in the back of the house. Um, and Ghostface is already out there. Who do you think this was? Was this Stu? I mean, it must I think have been because it's his girlfriend. So, yeah, he sneaks out. He... But I, I, and I love, I I love Tatum's energy. Yeah. I think Tatum is, like, the best character. I mean, there's Casey, but Casey, like, her death is the opening, yeah. right? Of the characters we, like, stay with and mm-hmm. sit with in this movie, I think she's, like, one of the best ones that, like, unfortunately yeah. dies. Uh, she has such good, like... I'm not going to be scared of you, motherfucker. Exactly. Like, I, I think that. the differences between their two energies is Casey was scared shitless. Understandably, Casey was scared right. shitless, but Tatum is a fighter. Tatum was going to get out of that situation. She was going to make it out. Um, throwing beer bottles. She's, you know, slamming fridge doors. Tried to crawl through a dog door. Still don't believe that garage door lifted her ass up there. No. No way. But, uh, it's just an awful death. Like, we knew she was going to die. She had to. She was... She was Right, we had to kill some of the, yeah, like... we did. It would have been nice to see her in the other movies, though, I guess. Because um, I feel like... I, I forgot how many of the characters... Like, because yeah. Randy survives, and like there's, like... It's a good amount of those main yeah. characters left that survive. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like if you had to pitch a death, and, like, if you want it to be a death you care about, it had to be her. Yeah. And and you do care. You do care, and you're rooting yeah. for her. But she does. I don't love that. Door. It's not a great. I, I don't movie. love that. Death. I did notice in the in the scene, the score that was playing was the same one from Casey Becker's death. So they were trying to parallel parallel it a little bit. Also, I'm wondering, and I might have to look that up right after this, if that same score was also used in Halloween H two O because it sounds very very similar. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know Halloween H2O that well. Yeah. And Halloween H2O, I think they hired somebody to do a score for it, and it just didn't come out well. So they used, like, a bunch of recycled Hollywood music. So it's very possible that they oh, really? used that, that music. But, I mean, yeah, right. same one as the beginning. With Casey Becker, I noticed that. And she dies. And then we got Sydney and Billy inside having a little moment. They decide to go upstairs, and Sydney loses her virginity. Ooh, big no-no in this movie, right? You're not supposed to do that. And I thought it was funny that she was... Losing her virginity as everybody was downstairs watching Halloween, which is a movie that, you know, propelled this. You don't have sex or you die. I, this is where I put in my notes. Like, it's weird how realistic these characters feel because they really yeah. do. And like you said, the party, the fact that it's like, there's lots of times, you know, I think of like, can't hardly wait. A movie I love, but like that party is like ridiculous, yeah. right? Like, this feels more like, okay, even though they're rich and they're in a big house, they're also just like sitting on the couch. Yeah. And that feels like, kind of, I'm like, okay, two of them go to have sex. That feels more It real. does. Uh as like a party in the suburbs. Um, So a thing I noticed is that Randy says to Stu, I'll see you later in the kitchen with a knife when he's like, I'll be right back. Um, And then we do see Stu later in the kitchen with a knife. (laughs) Um, 
So I think Sydney's chase through the house is actually pretty good. Oh too. yeah, when so uh, Ghostface comes in and like fake, fake kills, kill, Billy. kills Billy. Um, because we got that little moment where Sydney's like, maybe Billy did it. Like, who did you who did you call? Like, no, the sheriff called your dad. What? And then she turns around and he's fucking there. He hits her, and then we go into Sydney's big chase scene, big moment. And I don't understand. I don't quite understand how all the doors work. Oh, in the I house. don't either. And there's different like levels and stair little stairways and like. You're upstairs, but then you walk downstairs to go back upstairs. I, I don't know. Very, very confusing. There's a little attic right But it's a good chase scene. Yeah. She ends up in that yeah. attic. And she falls uh, in that fucking boat. That shit must have hurt. They they had to have taken the seats hurt. out of that because there's seats in boats. The speedboat's like that. They have right. seats. <laughs> so, like, how did she just not fall and, like, break her back and on one no, of those seats? And even if there's no seats, then it's like yeah. hard. Like it's not like she's landing. I'm yeah, like, okay. it hurts. I mean, I guess it's supposed to look kind of like a parachute. So it's just sometimes you gotta, you know, suspend right. disbelief. And she she gets out of the bush, she runs and goes for Kenny. Oh, poor Kenny! She goes and gets help. She needs help. Um, they're watching the killer. I love that oh, moment. Yeah. The music when they're like, "There's a delay." Yeah, the twenty like. second delay. It, it's insane, and it's such a good moment too because they're just they're watching the cameras and then turn around and the door's already open um like fuck, 20 yeah. second delay he turns around again and gets slashed right across the throat and if camel escapes she gets out she goes runs into a car you know she's just running all over the place here meanwhile we've got dewey and gail walking up down the street they <laughs> i think by this time all the teenagers have left the party correct they've all heard that the principal was murdered so right. they, they all the left so we principal. only have our our main cast here and dewey and gail see um Sydney's dad's car, like parked in the yeah. woods, so it's supposed to be like you know, his, her dad's here and her dad's the killer. Maybe this is the moment where we find out her dad's the killer, because right. um, he's chasing Sydney around. He wants Sydney killed the boyfriend. I would believe it. So then, uh, do we get stabbed? <laughs> do we? Is right. this where do we get stabbed? How does? Because him and I, for, uh, him and Gail separate. They do, and Dewey's at the front door. And he gets stabbed. Uh, Gail takes off in the van, and K- Kenny's body falls on the windshield. That's horrific. You know, very, very nice line. <laughs> and Randy comes up, and Randy comes up, and she hits him because she thinks yes. he might be a killer. Yeah. But then she crashes the fucking car because there's blood all over the windshield, and she yeah. can't see. Crashes shit. down in the woods. There's certain ways in horror movies that if people go down, you know they're not dead. So a car crash, you're not right. going to die in a car crash. Uh, do we got st- unless we see you fly out that mm-hmm. windshield and your next? Do we got like- stabbed? I could believe that he would be dead. Um, yeah. And then Sid- Sydney's still running around. She runs back to the house. Uh, she's got Stu and Randy both coming up on her. They're like they're, they have this really confusing moment of like it's him, it's him. No, it's him. I completely understand her locking them both out. She said, "Fuck you both." <laughs> Closes the door on their face. Billy yeah. comes down the stairs. He's not really dead. So takes a little roll. Yeah, you've got to think of something. And here. then is it Randy comes in, right? She does she let Randy back in? No, Billy lets Randy back in. She says don't open the door and he opens it and right, Randy right, comes right. in. And then Billy looks up and uh, or Randy says uh, he's he's gone crazy, he's gone mad and Billy looks up and says we all go a little bit mad sometimes yeah, and shoots sometimes. him. Yeah. And so Randy gets shot. We could believe he's dead, too. It's a very believable yeah. part that he's dead. You know, also a thing that I love is that the men that do yeah. survive, and, like, you know, these two main characters that aren't the killers do survive, are, like, very yeah. useless. 
they get like almost murdered. And for me, that's a nice twist on like a yeah. horror thing where it's like the dudes are the ones that are like kind of murdered, but like they survive, but like they get the ones like they're the ones that are like stabbed yeah. and shot and they don't do anything. They don't come back until we're done. Exactly. The like they really right? don't like, do anything. And I think that's just horror movies in general is that people are much more. We, we want to see a woman like really come into her own power and like take down these motherfuckers, you know, like we want to see the power there. So then we get we get Billy and Stu stabbing they each other in the kitchen. They all move to the kitchen. We've got to go into the kitchen. We want to snack something. I don't know. Hanging out in the kitchen. A lot of people do that. And so uh, we go in there, and Stu and Billy are just absolutely fucking crazy at this point. They're, they are they are going for it. Matthew Lillard did not hold back in this part. He is <laughs> he's all over the place. He is insane. Yes, this and Sydney's like, why? And Billy says, what does he say? Why is why is he doing this to her? Because her mom. Because your whore mother, Sydney. Your whore mother. <laughs> why, if you ever need to ask ask yourself why, Sydney Prescott, why didn't I get this job? Your whore mother. Why didn't I get accepted? Like, to this? why did you kill Drew Barrymore? Because of <laughs> your, your whore mother, mother Sydney. Why. Nobody in this town can fucking accept that she had an affair. <laughs> Also, the way you say it, I feel like I can picture uh, a Real Housewives saying that. Whore. <laughs> your prostitution whore. <laughs> your prostitution Your muff cabbage. <laughs> Goodness. And then they're just crazy, and they, they explain their whole grand plan. Basically, so we found out there's two killers by now. Basically, Billy and Stu want to be the final girls, right? <laughs> they want to survive this yeah. huge bloodbath. They want to get all the notoriety of a final girl. They want to... They want to have all, all of the fame. And so they start stabbing each other. They they have their, you know, little wounds. I feel like Billy didn't really care if Stu died. I couldn't tell if maybe he was trying to kill Stu or if he just didn't yeah, care. Yeah, I always wondered um, that, yeah. But either way, like, Stu obviously wasn't that important to Billy. Billy was using Stu. Right. And Stu was just too chaotic and impulsive to really, like, follow up within, you know, along yeah. with Billy's smarts. Yeah, and I I did read that Matthew Lillard actually ad libbed a oh, lot of his lines it. during those scenes, um, which I I love, but also like oh, yeah. so insane. Uh, but so then Gail comes. Yeah, the gun, the gun goes missing off the counter, and who has it? Who has the motherfucking gun? Gail motherfucking Weathers Gail wearing Weathers. her nice designer suits. Was the red suit Versace too? <laughs> did you do you know if that was? Ooh, I don't uh, remember I, honestly. I hope they spent enough money on that one too. I kind of wish the green suit would have been her final, her final outfit. But she has it and she's got it. But she's got the safety on, right? So they kick her into a post, and I guess we're supposed to think she's dead. She hits her head a little bit. It's like right. I, yeah. Well, no, because they're going to shoot her and kill her. Oh, do they? Like, oh, I don't remember that. No, because he puts the gun to her head and he's about to shoot oh, her. And then yeah. Stu says, "You're not going to like this because Sydney she's, has she's gone, man. Kitchen. She's gone." And he's like. <laughs> That was yeah. a pretty good stew. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, she calls him. They're on the phone or whatever, and he's like, hey, "My mom and dad are gonna be so mad." At I me. love that, that she was, called. That them. was. I know that was uh, ad lib. That must have been ad lib, right? Oh yeah, the my mom and dad. Yeah, it's it's perfect that she called him, and she's got she's got you know she's hiding around the house. She's like, because also her calling them. There's no yeah. real reason for her to do that. So then Sydney kills Stu first. By dropping, he goes hard for her though. They have a nice little fight. Like he's gonna fuck her up if he gets. Well, because he has like that unhinged energy where it's like, 
Billy's scary because he's like more like the yeah. quiet psychopath, but Stu is also scary because he's like completely chaos. Kill Stu. Stu's dead. Then uh, has that fight with uh, Billy where she mm-hmm. shoves the fucking umbrella in him. Yeah. Um, what's weird is, so like even though we know that's her at this point, I always think of that. My house growing up, there's like a hallway with a closet. Those are... Like that. And I always think of like, <laughs> that would always scare me. I'd be like, oh, Killer's going to jump out and stab me with an umbrella. Uh, but so she, she's fighting with him. I always, I still think it's gross when she sticks her finger in his like cut to yeah. get him off her. I mean, it's a good move, right? Cause like clearly it would fucking hurt. Yeah. Uh, and then icon legend Gail Weathers mm. comes in. She's and, back. She's back. You can't keep her down. She remembered to turn the safety off this time and she fucking shoots Billy <laughs> Lewis. Which cap in his ass. <laughs> but not the final one, because we've got to get that give that to Sydney Prescott. Randy's awake now. He's back. We've got all three of them gathered around. It's very nice. A nice little moment. And then uh be careful. The the killer always comes back for one final moment or whatever. And he does. And she shoots him in the head. And Billy is dead. They've survived the night. You know, I think that is like also one of the images from the movie yeah. of Randy, Gale, and Sydney standing there, just like oh, geez, they yeah. had a night. They're covered in blood. They're like, fuck. <laughs> they're tired and understandably. And then uh, Sydney's dad comes out of the closet at the end. So. Right. I feel like how they look in that scene is how I feel after one of our really long live streams. <laughs> after the, the end of recording this episode. Um, and then we get, you know, the sunrise. They've made it through this night, and we have made it through scene 118 along with the cast and crew. And uh, it and went Gail a lot faster Weathers for us. does not miss a beat. She goes right back Ooh, to reporting. Right into it. And you know, you know she's happy she's got them bruises and cuts. She's like, mm, mm, I'm going to look good here. I'm going to write my, my book. Everything. She knows what brings the ratings. She's yeah. a smart lady. Yeah. Also, it's bananas that she says, like the plot of a scary movie. And that yeah. was originally the title of the movie. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the original title of the of Scream was Scary Movie. I don't remember how they ended up on screen. But oh, I, I read in a note that it's because... They they didn't like the the company didn't like that name for the movie. Yeah, and then they revisited it, and one I think it was Wes Craven or one of them listened to Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson's song "Scream." Okay, and that, that was like sense. gave them the name. Much better name. The name is yes. so iconic. It's perfect, perfect name. And it, it it this movie sparked a whole series. It sparked so many new horror tropes, which is so hard to do. Right? It's so hard to create new tropes in horror. And yeah. this movie did it. There's so many scenes when we were watching it that yeah. I still would be like, ooh, I'm getting the chills a little bit from oh, this. Oh, 100%. Like, and it's different from, like, I don't know, you watch Halloween Resurrection, which is all about they try to focus too much on the internet or something like that. That movie doesn't have so many pop culture references of the time that it would it would date itself, you know? There's a, there's a couple things here and there, like the Richard Gere gerbil story. Don't know what the fuck that is. We should probably look that up, that Tatum mentions but uh, yeah I, what excuse me <laughs> well, do you I know, know it? what that is yes oh, of course i know okay. what that is it was like one of those dumb rumors that went around all those that he like <laughs> funneled a gerbil up his butt that was like the rumor yeah <laughs> i do enjoy richard gear and i didn't need to hear the story i think i could i could have gone my whole life without hearing well i mean it's fake if it's not real no, but now i'm gonna watch pretty woman and wonder if he had a gerbil up his ass <laughs> <laughs> I did hear a couple squeaks during that movie. 
Yeah. yeah, it was like there was like always those stupid. I think there was a rumor that like Mick Jagger had to get his stomach pumped because he had so much semen in it. Oh, like really? there was always like dumb fake rumors. I might would back believe then. that one though. Uh, anyway, the, the movie ends and we at least see Dewey being like. Oh yeah, we also the, see Dewey's alive because that was a good. That was a good call. They should have done that with Helen Shivers from I know you did last summer. Just <laughs> give her that option. You know, she survived. You can either kill we her at the hospital. See her dead body or... in the ice. <laughs> We literally complimented the entire movie. There's not a lot to really criticize. I think it was kind of stupid how the killer was popping up around town, like in the grocery store and stuff, in yes, full I, costume. Zachary, I was just yeah. about to say my only complaint is that one specific scene because yeah. that's so stupid. And like when he's watching yeah. them in the bushes, it's like this is broad daylight. If like somebody, and people are, are on alert right now. Like if, yeah. if somebody was running around in the ghost face costume, I did appreciate how. Uh, the costume wasn't so specific to the killers that nobody could get their hands on it because you even see a reporter holding up the mask at one point. Right, yeah. Like, it's an accessible costume. Favorite moment from the movie, what would you say? Oh, jeez. Yeah, you can only watch um, one moment for the rest of your life from this movie. Fuck. It... Uh, so, like, I guess Casey's whole scene doesn't count, right? Because that's too long. No, that'll count. We can do that. Okay, then, yeah. But I hate saying that scene because... It's so good, but like also Gail, Gail Weathers is my favorite character, but I think I would go with the Casey Becker scene. Okay, perfect. A close second favorite would be Sydney and Gail's interaction outside the police. <laughs> Sid, super bitch. That's what we'll title this episode. <laughs> um, How about you? Oh, uh, goodness. I don't know. I think I would agree with you. It'd probably be the opening. I think the opening is just so classic. So and it even became a trope within its own series. You know, the opening okay. kill. Um, and that's what everybody, the only thing, like, that is the number one thing I see people talking about for Scream 5 is the opening kill and what's going to happen with that. And I think everybody's pegging it to be what, Selena Gomez right now? Yeah. yeah. So I said that to you. <laughs> no, I've seen a lot of people mention that. Um, it's just that iconic, you know? And Zach, where can everyone find you? Everybody can find me on Instagram and YouTube, Adventures of Zach and B, or on Twitter, Adventures Z and B. Where can everybody find you, Ian Carlos Crawford? You can find me on all social platforms at Ian X Carlos. And if you like Buffy or Marvel or things like that, you can see my find my podcast. Mm -hmm. ugh, you can find my podcast on social at SlayerFestX98. Um, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and all those places. Yes, perfect podcast. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, excellent podcast to listen to. He's got so many great guests. <laughs> and he's starting season seven soon season seven is so polarizing yes. but i love it and he will be starting that when so if this is october 1st right now when is when season be seven coming on november okay well just a little bit away so yeah. go uh go follow that podcast and uh our next episode will be scream two so get excited everybody sarah michelle geller's coming back <laughs> All right, we're ending the episode. One, uh, one final quote from the movie. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Surprise. Thank you, and goodbye. Good night. Bye. Everybody.